to Top Fives, the show of everything. Top Fives, presented by the Sex Effects. I am Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, we have just, I think, a rip-roaring good time for you this evening. But before we get to all the ripping and the roaring, Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Uh, doing good, man. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been an, an okay year. Uh, so far, it's been one week. Since Have we talked about what happened in Washington? No, that happened the day after we recorded. What, yeah, like... that shit went uh, down. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, yeah, I was like getting off work, and um, someone had to like mention it to me. Like, hey, do you see what's going on in Washington right now? And I was like, no, dude. And we were going yeah. to the TV all day long. Yeah, all I day was, long. I was just. It, just so many things, so many feelings and images and things just come to mind when I see so it. much shame, so much you shame, know? dude, knowing that there's a part of America, the American people that are going about doing the shit. So, um, but I don't want to get too political on the show from the start. So, um, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll get that shit happened, dude. Listen. And, uh, it's inexcusable. Um, and yeah, a person yeah. got shot and died and, um five people I've, died five people died never mind one um, officer um the person and i don't know about the other three damn man but yeah it's just so unfortunate man you know it's supposed to be a peaceful transition of the presidential power to you know the president and vice president and just didn't seem that way um yeah and it's just it yeah and then there's like you know the comparisons between peaceful protests happening with the Black Lives Matter. Um, and... How you can even compare, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying like how anyone can compare yeah. the BLM protest with what happened at Capitol Hill is is disgusting, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Like um, it, it's not the same thing at all, you know? Um, and you want to talk about, you know, I've heard people be like, oh, the hypocrisy of how the news covered the Capitol riots and called them rioters and called them this where the BLM were peaceful. Pro it's like, yeah, it was peaceful protesting. And you're right. We shouldn't get political on the show, but um, it was, it's just, it's a completely different thing. These people were marching to overthrow our fucking government. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm a registered anarchist. I should be all about that shit, but I'm, you know, like not in that way, not when it's Nazis, not when it's dudes <laughs> wearing um, sweatshirts that say, you know, six M, we you know like that's no anyway yeah it's that's my soapbox it's all the things that come to represent um you know donald trump and and his presidency and and the, obviously the other groups along with it um yeah. which uh yeah man it's just disturbing man and you know just to start off 2021 with that and just the I don't know. It's it's just like yeah. I cannot. I mean, is it like the fifteenth is like the uh, inauguration day? I think the twentieth. Never mind. I'm so. But not they into were the, in the loop they, no. This. But they were they were planning. Um, apparently, they were planning to do to kind of siege um, all fifty capitals um, on the sixteenth. The FBI said. Um, Jesus, man, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, man, it's fucking wild. You know, and, and, you know, I, I grew up very much, um, patriot, you know, love America and, you know, no, no, no country greater. And, and that, that may be true, but just because we're the greatest doesn't mean there, there's not still work to be done mm -hmm. and that we can't Im keep improving because clearly if this is the best, that ain't good enough. And, um, you know, it, I, I've often said and kind of romanticized the notion of like, oh, you know, being an expat or, you know, living in Europe or something like that. But, you know, Thursday morning I woke up and I was like, you know, I, th I think I want to get the fuck out of here, you know, because um, there's a thing floating around Twitter and Instagram about how like uh, 1923 Hitler had like a failed coup. And then in 1933, he came to power, you know, and, yeah. and you know, um, 
I'm not saying Trump is going to come back in 10 years, but I'm going to say we're going to get worse versions of him. We're going to get people devout to this dude. And, um, you know, and the thing is, he's so disingenuous, everything that comes out of his mouth. Like, if you believe him or you believe anything that he's saying, like, he's fooling you, you know, and he's not even doing that good of a job at it. And um, I don't know. Again, shouldn't get too political because I know we do have some conservative <laughs> listeners, but sorry, guys, this is this is where the train leaves the fucking station. I mean, yeah, what we're seeing on TV, man, that's that's no joke, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just saw some like photos from it uh, and it's a lot more people than I thought <laughs> that were there. It's a, it's like an eerie uh, contrast almost to 9-11 kind of see that you know it's it's a it's another terrorist attack it's just it's americans doing yeah dude yeah so we have fun topics tonight i promise (laughs) we have fun topics tonight jesus christ i don't know i mean we should we we, should yeah yeah it's cool i I think it you know as a podcast and we've you know covered certain things throughout the year and even the last few years you know it's just like it's not it's just hard not to talk about it you know and yeah you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we try our best not to get too political. Yeah, for sure. But it's, uh, yeah, it's something we need to talk about sometimes. And just, you know, and especially, you know, we check in with each other, try to check in with each other with like certain things like that were happening in the world. And we're know. living through history. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, this is going to be a lengthy chapter in some history textbook. And. Uh, yeah, I don't know honestly don't know how the rest of the year is going to go know. dude <laughs> i don't know i mean uh you know this whole the covid uh vaccine is kind of the the next kind of big thing right i mean that's happening right now if um, they can get it out to enough people yeah that's if kind they of can the, get out in the enough distribution time. right of it so that's kind of the bigger issue right now um yeah but my mom's my mom has she's a frontline worker and she got this i think her second shot this week wonderful um, oh i'm so glad to hear that no no like weird side effects as of right now so you know it's good. it's looking pretty good and yeah i mean of course the frontline workers definitely need it right now um since they're to the frontline workers the frontline workers <laughs> that was crazy you cheers then your glass like slightly disappeared saw with that. The... <laughs> I, saw that. I have magical powers magical powers everyone disappear but yeah, we got some fun topics tonight. We do uh, have some great topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to start, Joey? Do you want to? I'll I'll kick things off. Why kick not? It off, so dude. I kick I, it off. I listened. Um, I've listened to Paul McCartney's McCartney Three twice now. Um, yeah. and I dig it. It's a vibe, man. You know, I don't know if all the songs like I put it on more for for a mood, just kind of like having the background in it. Yeah. And I I like it. I like it for that very much. Um. And it's just cool that this dude is pushing 80 and he's just alone in his studio just pumping out music. And it's it's shit that sounds like 20 and 30 year olds would, you know, make. And it's just like, wow, you know. Um, anyway, you and I are big fucking McCartney fans, Macca. And, you know, we've, we've seen him at Dodger Stadium. It might be the greatest show I've ever it, seen. It was quite it was a show, so dude. Good. And he played so for I don't know how long, dude. It three like hours, three hours or something. Yeah, um, and it was still hard. I felt like it was sure. still hard to like. Oh man, three hours is over. But I mean, he brought in fucking like Ringo Starr, you know, like <sighs> Ringo up. Yeah. God, that was like, yeah, that was they so did crazy. Man. Skelter, and they did uh, Sergeant Pepper reprise. So I cool, think. so cool. Um, so fucking cool. Um, anyway, so that leads me to my next my my top five this week. What are your top five favorite solo? Paul McCartney songs. Solo. Uh, Solo. I might have cheated because I do I do have a few Wings songs on here. Oh no, that counts. That counts. That I, counts, right? I yeah. Solo. I just mean not Beatles. Not Beatles, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So because I got Wings on here too. You know what? I, I definitely. You know, I know we have our weekly segment that we try to do. Um, I wouldn't mind doing McCartney because I I don't think I've listened to all his records. Um, I, I don't think I'd want to listen to all. He's been he's <laughs> yeah. got like forty some odd albums. He's and got a lot like, of albums. Not all of them are very good. You and it's, know, like, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, especially during the times they were made. Like some of the ones he did mm-hmm. in the eighties are really. Reflective. The eighties was kind of like a, a gutter period for him. 
as, yeah. as from what I know. I don't know. It, there's like, I mean, he's. I guess he's embracing kind of the sounds of the of the times. I, I would say, right? He's um, chasing it instead of how the Beatles were leading the sound. He's chasing it. Yeah, yeah. But he's. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's written some incredible songs. Uh, so my number five is a song called "Every Night," um, off Ooh. the McCartney, I guess, self-titled, uh, uh, which came out in 1970. Um, I actually really like this song. It's uh, I'm talking, I'm trying to remember how it went when it starts, but um, God, I have to listen to this because that's why that's where you know I haven't listened to that many McCartney songs. But you know, gonna... I threw on um McCartney right, so I listened to both sides of McCartney three, and then popped on McCartney one, okay. um, and it's like. It's of such a piece. I haven't listened to McCartney too, but now I like want to track down a copy. Yeah, um, there's oh, and it's like so much. you know, I'm I'm listening to it. I'm like, fuck, like it's it's the same fucking guy, you know, just fifty it, years. That's you know. actually that's because I was like just kind of perusing some of the other records, and I, I felt that way too. I was like, holy shit, this is like Paul McCartney, like, and he he's just like, you know, even some of the you know some of the songs are great, some of them you know all right or the albums. But like, uh, he just does so well to keep like his Paul McCartney essence. You know, he's he's just still mm. Paul McCartney, and he, you know, he does try different things. Uh, you know, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm Paul. I'm Paul. Oh, okay, just, just every night. This. Okay, this is why I like this yes, song. Yes, please. Uh, every night. Um, so it starts off talking. Uh, he so he starts off kind of like talking about like going out, like preparing for a night out, and um, it. What I liked about it was uh, it's pretty much like we can go I, I can go out and have fun and all this kind of stuff. But it's a lot better when I'm staying inside kind of with you. That's kind of like the the song, how it goes. Right. Love that. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of like that because it's like it, it, it's kind of in this vein of, you know, hey, you know, I like to do these things and like, you know, I'd like to go out and, you know, have a night in the town or whatever. And and then. uh you know, it kind of boils back down to like, but, you know, I love spending time with this person and, and it's got like kind of a slower paced song, you know, it starts off acoustic and it, it's kind of, it just captures like the essence of like a McCartney song and, you know, I guess a little bit of the Beatles inspired in there, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, every night for number five. Love that. Number four, uh, Maybe I'm amazed, which yeah. I love his vocals on this because he. It's kinda, so good. It's that kind of like McCartney shout, like kind of shouting. Maybe I'm amazed. Maybe I'm yeah, amazed. Yeah. It's like aggressive. Yeah, and that's so I think good. that's what I like about McCartney too. He has such dynamics with his uh, voice, and you know he can get kind of like that. You know, kind of. Uh, he you can know, sing in like silly voices, and it, it works. Yeah, especially like Rocky like Raccoon. Later. You know, yeah, like, shit. Um, so I think that's, uh, what I liked about this one is it just kind of had that like, like grit, uh, to it. And, and it reminds, you know, I I keep saying it, but like, it reminds me of some of the older, like Beatles songs and, um, you know, some of the stuff where McCartney is like, you know, shout, you know, kind of shouting to the, to the crowd or to the, to the track. And, um, I, I do like that McCartney sound. So it it is one of my favorite ones. So number four. Uh, maybe I'm amazed off the also off the McCartney um, self-titled 1970 track or album. Yes. Uh, number beautiful three. Song. Beautiful song. Number three. Uh, I've got the backseat of my car off the Ram Great tune. Yes. Album 1971. Uh, this one is a kind of a play. I like this song. It's kind of a playful song. You know, it's uh it, and end up in Mexico City. Yeah, it's very visual. Like you can kind of, uh, with his words, yeah. you can kind of see where they're going. And you know, it's. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I really like it visually, and you know, I, I think I just kind of saw the picture when I listened to the song. And and it's uh, it's an, another fun kind of punk McCartney tune, a little upbeat. Um, and you kind of got me uh, introduced into the Ram record. So, I yeah, I picked it up. Just it was like a five dollar purchase at Recycled Records in Monterey, and put it on. I was like, 
pretty good. Listen to it a couple more times, and it's seriously, it's probably in my top five all time favorite records. Oh, holy shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I love that record, dude. That's so cool. Um, it's zany. It's weird, um, but the hooks and the melodies are just so so good on it. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, backseat of my car. Wonderful. Number three. Uh, number two and one are kind of, I feel like the obvious choices, but, uh, I'm going to go live and let die, um, Ooh. which I saw was on the wings compilation. Cause it, it didn't really release on an album it was a single for, yeah. Yeah. For the movie. Uh, for a movie. So this one was the wings compilation, which came out in 1978, uh, live and let die uh, a little bond theme here. We got going on. Uh, they played and, it. Did they play it? Uh, they so, did, right? Yeah, like, so the whole, you know, there's a lot, you know, when I think back to it, when we saw McCartney live, you know, the 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 uh, screen, the projection, all that kind of stuff was, was really cool. But then yeah. they saved, they didn't do fire, they didn't do pyrotechnics, anything. And then live and let... <laughs> just fireworks going off. It was like, well, because you're, you're two and a half hours into the show at that point. You're like, Oh, you're like holy shit! <laughs> now you're gonna bust out fireworks? Like, <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah. yeah, what? What? A, <laughs> I mean, amazing experience to see that song live. Uh, of course. Yeah, and yeah, it's become one of my favorites. Just like, at the piano, just. Oh, dude, and it's yeah again that kind of really up energetic, and it's what I've noticed about a lot of McCartney's songs, and maybe in his writing, is he has such a he has a lot of different sometimes different movements happening in some of the songs where mm -hmm. um, I would say that for my number one, it kind of goes back to my number one, which is ban on the run um, yes. where there's these like, it's not necessarily like a verse chorus, verse chorus. There's like these different sections happening yes. and they do so well. To... And sometimes they overlap on to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that was such a, a big thing uh, with his like songwriting and, and creation of his songs and just the, the way they're put together and arranged and I, I thought it was really interesting so uh live and let die well, we kind of see the sorry oh go ahead go ahead i think i think there was some lag there um but you kind of start to see that um big time on side two of abbey road yeah because the medley is all is not all paul mccartney but it's all kind of paul mccartney and george martin you know yeah um, putting together this suite and um you know he would do it again on ram uh, the Sergeant Halsey, uh, yeah. we're so sorry, o Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, yeah. um, hands across the water, you know, and he, <laughs> yeah, he, but Band on the Run is a great example of that as well, because, you know, and then it's, it opens up to that great acoustic kind of, you feel yeah. like, oh, wow, I'm in the 70s with the top down driving the freeway, like, <laughs> is, you know. It definitely sets the, the, yeah, from the time period and, yeah, the mood of the song, um, yeah, uh, and then I guess living going back to live and let die. Uh, it had such a, yeah, grandiose like orchestral. You know, it was it was uh, one uh, one of the bigger, like Wings songs. I would say it just it just felt so, uh, epic and just big and, uh, um, yeah, I love that part where live and let die, Duh, like that moment. And it's just like a simple, like that's just the thing. I've been learning this in so like good. music production it's too. So it's like a simple like live and let die and just like a pause right there. And it's like, yeah. dude, yeah. and it just makes such for a bigger impact. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. Some of these songs are just like on another level. So, uh, and then Ben yeah. on, on the Run. Yeah, it, it's such ben a- Ben on the amazing. Amazing song. Um, it's so, you know, it's such, it's got a great hook and it's so singable. Um that like guitar line like oh, it's it's, so it's got such great like melodies and stuff to it so it yeah it's it's one of my favorite songs from him and um yeah I i've listened to a lot of band on the run uh it's such a terrific album yeah and that's and such that, a good album that's where i'm more curious now because uh, you know i'm very familiar with that song but you know not the rest of the album so you know i definitely want to dive a little bit deeper oh, into man on the run that album is good the album that album is yeah. very good um i got a couple off of that album on my list Ooh. so joey what are your top five paul mccartney songs this is paul mccartney we're talking right now so um yeah we were talking about band on the run i'm gonna go with track two 
off of Van on the Run. Jet. Jet. Um, I have heard this one. This, yeah, yeah. This is like my I'm off work. I'm racing home so I can like go get drunk or I don't know. You know, uh Jet. Ooh, 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 ooh. Jet. Jet. You know, it's just like fuck, it's such a it's like a pump you up kind of like just it's a jam. You know what I mean? It's and a jam, it's, dude. it's it, it gets you in the mood to just you know. It's very I love Jet. Um I love it so much. <laughs> I got this album. I got a shout out Tunnel Records. Um shop local. Um you know, San Francisco Sunset um over on Terravel Tunnel Records. I got that in their uh, just in pile for $5 and it's a beautiful uh, copy. I played the I played the hell out of it. It's great. Um number 4 we share a number 4. Maybe I'm amazed. Um, I, yeah, I adore this song. This is, you know, if you've ever felt this way about another person, um, I think you're very lucky. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I, you know, yeah, this song, I, you know, I, I, I hear it and I'm like, I, I fucking get it. And, um, it, it's a song that'll, it'll, it'll, it'll bring me to tears sometimes. I'm just like, fuck. You know, and then you think about what Paul had with Linda and their whole romance, you know, because he wrote that for, I mean, he basically wrote that whole album for her. For her, right. Um, And, you know, he incorporated, you know, uh, Ram is credited to Paul and Linda McCartney. It's not a Paul Solo album. It's it's the only record credited to Paul and Linda McCartney. And then he formed Wings with her because he wanted to tour and do that stuff, but he wanted to be with her. I guess he he got jailed in Japan for trying to smuggle like a pound of fucking weed um, into Japan, and he he was in jail for like five or six nights. And he's like, in all of our thirty years together, those are the only nights I spent away from Linda. Wow, you know that's just it's that's like so... like he's not Paul McCartney doesn't draw from from pain the way that like John Lennon would, and you're, you listen to it and you're like, that's more authentic you know but like mm-hmm. you know lennon can sing oh yoko or or whatever and but him and yoko split up for a long time like theirs was anything but a happy marriage and then you look at paul and linda and it's like that's you know it's, it's a very beautiful uh thing that they had i don't know i think a lot about it <laughs> anyway <laughs> maybe i'm amazed um uh, number three, this is also off of Band on the Run, and it is one of these kind of songs where it goes through different movements. Um, and it's called Picasso's Last Words. Um, Ooh, okay. In parentheses, you know I can't drink anymore. Um, and it's it's literally about Picasso dying, and it's just. But here's the thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of sing it because it's this one refrain over and over and over again. It's um, drink to me drink to my health you know i can't drink anymore but then like he'll do it in one way for one section and then it'll become like almost instrumental and then it'll become almost like um uh like almost techno or you know he goes through all these different movements and i was reading about like why he did that and he's like because i was singing about picasso and i wanted to like musically oh, try to interpret the way he did his paintings yeah but do it with sound Holy shit. and it's like it, what? like it's 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 such a good melody and then you add that on top of it when you listen to it and you're like this is this is a masterpiece not nobody talks about this song i love this song to death it's so good um wow, now i'm curious to listen to this one dude it's really good it's, and it's like seven minutes long it's like insane dude, but it's, it's one of my favorites yeah I'm, I'm down with a seven minute paul mccartney song yeah. <laughs> it's so good it's so good yeah um Number two is a B side off of um, Ram, okay, and it's B-side? called another another day, and it actually appeared in the Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore flick, Fifty First Dates. Um, oh. But it's a wonderful, wonderful song um, and wonderful melody. It's you know every day she takes her morning bath, she wets her hair, wraps a towel <laughs> around her as she's heading for the bedroom chair. It's just another day. And it, like he does that shit all throughout. It's so good. It's such a like just a wonderful melody. And then of course it has those sections where it's like so sad, so sad. You know, it's just like it. He goes through. He goes through those peaks and valleys, and he it's it's um. It's a beautiful song. It's such a perfect, perfect pop song. Um, 
I yeah, I can't recommend another day enough. Like throw it on if you're feeling sad or, or if you're feeling happy, or it's gonna do something for you. Um, number one is like probably the 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 peak weirdness of Ram. It's such an odyssey. It's called Monkberry Moon Delight. <laughs> I, I fucking love this song. This song is wild. This song is wild. Um, it starts off and it's and he's um the first line is um what's what how's it go um so i sat in the attic a piano up my nose and somebody was like piano up your nose are you are you talking about cocaine he goes no no it's piano up my nose (laughs) and um (laughs) piano up my nose (laughs) but it's it's such a there's so many weird um i can hear the sound of tomato 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 catch up you know it's it's such there's so many weird words that are strung together but the melody is good um it i'm just like i like only only a former beetle could get away with something this out there and this weird and and it still is something you want to sing along to and jam to and you know um monkberry moon delight that's if you come to my place and need to get on wi-fi Monkberry Moon Delight is the uh, is the Wi-Fi name. Yeah, so. there we go. There go. <laughs> Dope, dude. I one. I'm actually yeah. now I'm really I really want to dive a little bit more deeper into to McCartney's uh, music because uh, it's I don't know I I guess I like you know I grew up on Beatles I would say and and I I knew of Wings and and you know some of the kind of songs from there. But uh, yeah, I never really followed up with McCartney over the years, and you know he's obviously released some recent, you know, some recent uh, music as well. And I have to check out that new record because uh, yep. I remember you were showing me on vinyl, which is super cool. Sound good. Sound good, um, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think you know uh, people will say. Imagine people will say, um, uh, "All things must pass." My money is on Ram as being the single best post Beatles record um, mm-hmm. or solo Beatles record. Um, solo Beatles. Take some time with it, but but Band on the Run is 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 way up there as well. Band on the Run is very good. Um, Dude, Band on the Run. Oh, yeah, I got like, I got so many jams. There's so, so many jams. Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I I definitely want to check out those albums. So, well, that's my homework for this uh this week maybe one oh, yeah. and maybe we'll do a top five mccartney albums have we done that yet i haven't listened to enough solo mccartney records to be able to do that well i've listened to egypt station mccartney mccartney three ram that might be it you could be your yeah four four i gotta listen to f- I, I gotta listen to at least like two or three more so it's a like fair a good, top five yeah well, if, I, we'll, if I listen to five, that's not impressive. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that one for a, a future future episode. I have listened Let's to see. five. He released Ram uh, as a as an orchestral electronic elect, orchestral um, album cover oh. album. It's all the songs on Ram, but they're all done just or electronically orchestral with no words or anything. And, and he did it what? under the name Percy Thrills Thrillington. Really? Yeah. Oh. And then like 15 years later, it was like, yeah, it was me. (laughs) Dude, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) A lot of of weird, random. Yeah. I'm I'm on Quora like all day long. So there you go. (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. Cool. You got some McCartney in there, dude. Yes. Yeah. That was, dude, when we saw him live, that was such a. Joey came down to LA. We saw him at uh, Dodger Stadium. Like, that was such a, such a Wonderful. treat, man. And there was that moment where it was like, any Wings fans? Wings? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know Wonderful. if we've said this on the on the air before, but uh, you know, we when we were waiting, we I think we were listening to like their sound check or something from the mm-hmm. outside. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, we got to talk into a few people around us in line, and and you know, there was like just looking around, it was just like so, just I, what I would expect from like people watching Paul McCartney. There's such a range of fans. Uh, oh, different yeah. generations uh you know we talked to some people you know f- from you know a little bit older and some younger people it was just like people who'd seen him with the beatles people had seen him with the beatles too man i mean that's that's yeah. a huge 
thing and it's just so cool that there's that that fandom there and obviously mm-hmm. but um yeah it was just cool to, to share that um especially with you dude so <laughs> yeah, honestly yeah i think it was it was lady madonna that we heard them sound checking yeah dude yeah and it was just like man i was just getting like chills just like man i, I am i prepared for this right now <laughs> like, right right yeah McCartney, like and then of course it was a religious experience obviously. it was i felt like it was just so yeah i mean to just to think i mean and we got to see the two remaining beatles that night you know it's just like see the two remaining beatles to hear hey jude live and then to hear the 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 medley the the end medley medley. you know i i wept during uh you're gonna carry that weight oh man you're gonna carry that (laughs) fuck fuck yeah and also also gonna say the piano when he plays piano um it's so like I don't know if it's the way they record it or the type of piano. It, it's just like so signature to like McCartney, that kind of wonky. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't say. Are wonky. you talking on record or when we saw him? On re- on record, and yeah. I guess I guess yeah, it translates to the to the live stuff. But uh, yeah, he had uh, two pianos when we saw him. That's right. He yeah, had he that had... kind of more classical black piano, and then he had like a all graffitied, yeah, hippie <laughs> piano piano y'all on the lower stage yeah, yeah. very yeah, cool good good top five dude i love talking mccartney i love talking beatles um especially yeah Wonderful. um all right joey here's our right. here, our next top five for tonight uh been watching some 80s inspired uh movies lately so like ready player one no <laughs> Actually, movies that were shot in the '80s, but uh, okay, very good, very good. Uh, yeah, Joey, what are your top five '80s flicks, '80s movies? Oh, so glad you asked. Um, here's the thing: <laughs> so. '80s. If we if we're talking '80s movies, we're going to be talking. At least I'm going to be talking about the movies I talk about all the time: Evil Dead Two, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Batman. Um, so I kind of wanted to to move away from that a little bit. So these are like my my second string top five, but these I yeah. think are maybe more interesting watches. And, and um, I, I hope people check them out. Not that like you need me to tell you to check them out. There's a few on here. You're going to be like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but number five, I'm going to go with um, Brian De Palma's blowout from 1981 Ooh. starring John Travolta. Yeah. Um, and John Lithgow is the villain. Um, it's such a weird, it's, it's, it's a B movie. But it's it's shot like an A picture, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's a good crime thriller. It's it's got some political intrigue. It's it's campy as fuck, um, but it's it's a masterclass in filmmaking, and some mm-hmm. of the shots and some of the things that they do with sound, uh, really ahead of its time, really blows you away. Can't recommend it enough. I got it on Criterion. Number four, um, Rob Reiner's This Is Spinal Tap. Dude, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a perfect documentary, mockumentary. It's so good. It's so quotable. Um, it lives on. It's, you know, people confuse, like, oh, you know, um, movie lines you know like oh they say he says luke i am your father no it's no i am your father right you know that kind of shit everyone goes oh yeah that movie spinal tap it's this is spinal tap you know it's it's weird that yeah, it's kind of entered the is... public consciousness as one thing when it's yeah. something else but um <clears throat> great movie and i think people will watch scenes on youtube or something like that and be like i've seen it but you should you should watch the whole picture it's really great there's so um, many good gags and funny moments in that yeah <laughs> And lots of subtle shit too. It's so good. Very subtle, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number three, Spike Lee's uh, "Do the Right Thing" from 1989. Nice. Um, kind of a picture, unfortunately, still for our times, but um, talking strictly from like a filmmaking standpoint, the acting and the art direction of this movie, the the use of color in this movie. Uh, to really make you feel the heat of the day because it's supposed to take play like on 
take place on like the hottest day in summer and you feel that when you watch the movie and it's the deep reds and you know it's it's a beautiful beautiful movie with um with some you know with with a lot of things that you just you have to kind of sit and think about after and, and really kind of take into account um beautiful beautiful movie <laughs> number th- two wow this made it high on my list uh james cameron's terminator from terminator. 1984 nice i think i'm one of the few people on earth that prefer terminator to terminator 2 judgment day I can see. That. I like see the that? I like the first one. It's it's a it's a monster movie. It's it's a horror picture where the second one is an action movie, but mm-hmm. the first one is absolutely a horror picture, and it's so good. It's it's scary. It is funny. It is, uh, it's it's thrilling. You know what I mean? It's tense it, and it's, it's thrilling, yeah. and it's and the music is good. And um, we, have and we you, talked about this no. where it's kind of like a uh more of a horror than an action movie like that one i would say is hor- more horror than horror action. right yeah, yeah absolutely. Like and T2. it's like low budget too that too yeah you know? yeah they had all the fucking money in the world for judgment day and they put it all on screen but that first movie is ultra low budget and it shows and it's so i love that old like do-it-yourself kind of scrappy filmmaking um that they used to do back then that you don't really do now um yeah wonderful wonderful movie so oh, good. Wonderful. Linda Hamilton. So good. Um, <laughs> and number one, uh, 1982's Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy. Starring Robert De Niro. I have not Jerry seen Lee this Lewis. yet, dude. This movie King is of white fucking hot. It is so good. Um, it's, it's kind of like a taxi driver, but it's fucking funny and sad. <laughs> It's very sad. Um, you know, De Niro is once again exploring a character who is just lonely. But like mm-hmm. where Travis Bickle was like a disturbed lonely, Rupert Pumpkin is uh, disturbing. Or not disturbing, pathetic. He's pathetically lonely. Okay. Um, and uh, it has a lot to say about like fame and people who want fame and... Um, It's it's I think one of De Niro's very very best performances right up there with um, with Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and and The Irishman. Um, it's it's phenomenal. And if you've seen Joker and you haven't seen this movie, I ought to fucking slap you. Um, <laughs> Joker steals. Everyone was like, "Oh, Joker stole a lot from Taxi Driver." It did. But it stole even more from King of Comedy. King and of Comedy, huh? not only stole like ideas and things, it stole off whole visual bits. Um, mm, okay. And things that, you know, if you have seen Joker first and you watch King of Comedy, you're going to be like, oh, I've already seen that. And it's like, well, no, they did it first and they did it better. And like with, with actual like thought behind it, they weren't just ripping off someone else. You know what I mean? So um, sorry. I, I, you know, it's cool, man. Joker just Joker's popularity just rubbed me the wrong way because <laughs> it didn't inspire people to go watch the movies that inspired it. Um, uh, yeah, I see that. And uh, and if you did, you'd see that. Oh wow, this movie is literally just copy and pasting elements from these movies without any real thought behind them, you know, or anything to make them their own, other than it's set in the Batman universe. Like, you know what I mean? It's Sorry, I'm going on about this, but uh, clearly I have a bone to you're pick. You're good. You're good. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, there we go, dude. Awesome. I yeah. I uh, I kind of did a similar thing. Uh, there's like obvious movies that would probably be on both our lists, right? You yeah. know, Back to the Future is probably gonna be number my number one. So I went a different route. Uh, I did the same thing. I kind of picked some other movies. Yeah, I'm very excited to hear. Uh, number five. Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, with uh, Robin Williams, excellent choice. Excellent Came out choice. 1987. Uh, this was, I think, one of these. Uh, this movie, I think, when my family first got like a DVD player, and you know, I think like the first set of movies uh, that we got. I remember getting Good Morning Vietnam, and uh, hell yeah, 
watching that movie and you know robin williams is such a, a delight in that movie and and it it, so it has all, all sorts of you know like elements in it too it, you know it's got obviously comedy and and kind of the the uh the side of uh the usual side of robin williams that we you know kind of see um and it's you know it's definitely it's you know vietnam so there's you know the the war and and what was happening there um so it, it had a good it just had a good balance of like that humor and the kind of the, the real realness, the real side of, of war and, and what's happening uh, over there in Vietnam. So, um, and then of course it's just the, the tagline, good morning, Vietnam. You're like, I always remember oh, good. Yeah. him on the, ra- you know, being the radio, uh, radio host guy. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. When I, he, I, when he runs into the, the soldiers who are like on their way back or they're on their way to, or something, you know, yeah, and he yeah. does a whole little bit impromptu for them and, yeah, it, it it's and it's a good. Yeah. I think it's a good. It's a good fitted movie for Robin Williams. I think as a mm-hmm. you know as a comedian, as someone who's you know acting and um, he fits that part so well. I think for that movie, very so, much like kind of how the genie plays. Um, it allows yeah. him to do his stand up thing, still making sense within the story. Yeah, um, it's not just you know. blatantly like i'm you know trying to be funny and all like you know like he does right there's a reason for it there's a reason it it fits within the character it's not all right we're gonna pause the movie so robin williams can do his thing you know it's like it's part of it it's part of the movie and it's it's a part of it uh so good morning vietnam five wonderful Uh, number four uh i just re i watched this like kind of halloween season uh the thing the original thing the thing uh 1982 which uh, I haven't seen the remade version, but I saw like a video comparing the other two. Dude, the practical oh, how effects. They uh, well, mostly I think what they did for the new one or the late, like the latest one. I don't, I don't, I can't remember when it released, but um, they started off practical effects and then they did CG in the end. Um, and I'm telling you, this movie always scares the shit out of me because the practical effects in this movie, it just looks so crazy real and it, because it is they literally built like yeah. these these uh monster or the the thing and how it's transforming into this you know it's killing off these people in this place so it's kind of obviously combining remnants of their bodies and stuff it's so oh man it used i mean i'm lucky there is I'm, a weight there is a, a weight. physicality to when it's shot in camera when it's real yeah. CGI as 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 lifelike as you can get it, it still has a certain weightlessness to it. Um and until they figure that out. Yeah. It's it, not gonna it's, fool me. Yeah, like the physical props and and I saw I did some digging and I saw like a behind the scenes video of like when they were doing it and it's it's pretty crazy like what they had to rig up for some of these uh these oh, shots yeah. and these practical effects. Some of them were like one take kind of like deals where I think there's like the scene where the dudes like reach into the guy's stomach and like the claws come and you know, like that was like one take, like they had to nail that shit or else, uh, you know, they, they had to like, you know, rebuild the the whole rig and stuff. So yeah, it was quite a, uh, like, even though it's kind of science fiction, you know, it's got this kind of sci-fi element to it in some way you're kind of, it's kind of an unknown, you know, entity or whatever. Um, and then, of course, the shocking fact that, like, yeah, these, uh, these, uh, this, this thing, this whatever it is, uh, can like transform into different beings and like, you know, absorb people, and it's it, like just the thought of that, and I'm, you know, and I'm sure it's inspired a lot of different movies. Uh, what was that James Cameron movie? Uh, not James Cameron, uh, James Gunn. Um, oh, fuck, what was it? Uh, slither slither like i had such like slither vibes all right it yeah. reminded me like slither i felt like reminded me of the thing and and you know there's some other movies uh and and even i think a uh there's another one akira i remember like the end of that like there's a monster and it starts accumulating these like different things and it just becomes this gigantic weird blob thing um so that i don't know that thought of that is just like scary to me so <laughs> Um, that's fair yeah so the thing for for number four love that uh let's see um oh here's a here's a fun one number three i've got the three amigos 
1986, we have Martin Short, uh, Chevy Chase, and uh, oh my God, uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh yeah, of course. What a, what a great uh, trio we have in this movie. Um, <laughs> I think this is kind of the. I haven't watched this in years, but uh, from what I remember, it was such a hilarious movie, and it it, it played on the trope of it. It's kind of funny because now I think about it, th- this uh, plot has been done in later movies where uh, I-, I could think of one, Tropic Thunder, uh, where, you know, the three amigos, they're pretty much actors and they get put into this situation where they're in a real life like situation where they're in this real like kind of uh, uh, situation where they're fighting bad guys and they're in this real town and all this kind of stuff. So it, it's uh, it reminded me of like tro- the Tropic Thunder um you know, stick. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe like it probably took after three amigos. So, um, and yeah, it's, I mean, those, those three guys are just so funny and they just, their chemistry together is so good in the, in the film. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's got some slapstick kind of comedy moments, you know, kind of very animated, you know, very traditional kind of comedy. Um, but I, I think it just works so well because the three of them, you know, they just gel so well together on screen. So, uh, three amigos for number it. three, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't. Wonderful. I didn't realize that. <laughs> number three for three. No, no, amigos. no. That was on purpose. You, you, you that was own on purpose. That. Yeah. Um, cameras blurs. <laughs> hey everyone. Um, yeah. Number two, I've got also the Terminator. I all oh. the things you said. Uh, I do love T two. It's one of my favorite sequels, but. Uh, I think all the stuff you said, and, and I think that's why I enjoy the film still to this day. Uh, the Terminator is just uh, it again, low budget. Uh, I almost feel even more threatened by the Terminator in the movie because he's just oh, so time, yeah. scary and and kind of ominous and um, and you know you're cut. You almost feel like the whole movie you're looking over your back because you don't know when he's gonna kind of pop up in the scene. Um, so yeah, Terminator for number two. Hell yeah. Uh, number one, um, it my ori- I had a ri- I like original top five for this, and I had my like backup top five because I I figured it might we might have like some similar ones or whatever. But I did put Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on here, um, oh, right which on. was a late eighties nineteen eighty nine um, film, and I actually haven't seen the the new one that came out yet so, i haven't either yeah uh, that's definitely on my watch list but uh bill and ted you know it's just a funny little movie about bill and ted trying to pass their history tests and they somehow uh find uh our friend george carlin as rufus <laughs> to put him in a time machine in a phone booth and go find out all these historical figures to help him with their test it's such a cr- when you like think about that like you on the writing on the wall it's just like holy like this is such a bizarre plot to a movie Very especially bizarre, when it, yeah especially with time travel and you know we're i guess we're coming off like you know stuff like back to the future where you know we've kind of had this you know what time travel is and i always feel like back to the future has always been like a referenced uh like if people are talking about time travel you know think about back to the future and how they explain it so it, it was interesting to see time travel in this and um and it was funny i mean they had like they met all these historical figures and you know, Socrates and, you know, <laughs> you know, to um, this day, when I think of Napoleon, my mental image of Napoleon is Napoleon from Bill and Ted's Excellent yeah. Adventure. Exactly. You know. I, yeah. I, yeah. And it's funny because they, yeah, they bring them to their, their world and everything. Right. So it's like, it's like a movie that has like these two guys who just want to be in a rock band together. They just want to play some music. Um, you know, they're, they, are in you know they somehow figure find out they are like the future they are like the save saviors of the future with their music which is a trippy concept too like holy crap like these two guys are eventually going to be in this these people in the future and like you know how's you know how's that how's how they're going to get to that journey from there and um i i do like the second movie but i i still think bill and ted's excellent adventure is just a a as a standalone film it's still uh is a great film um, in my eyes. So, yeah. Love that. The, That's or, a good list, man. Back to the Future would have been one. But, yeah. Of course, of course. Um, I'm going to say, you know what, because you had, we both had Terminator at number two, strike Terminator for mine, and I'm going to put in Spaceballs. 
Oh, that's right, dude. Spaceballs was oh yeah, it's the eighties. There's man, um, honestly, there's so many. Like when I looked at a list of just more eighties films, I mean, there's tons of great movies from the eighties. You know, movies, yeah. the whole action era. Um, you know, like I think the Die Hard, the, the die action hard, era and... of of the eighties really confuses me because it's these guys with just gigantic muscles. Muscles. You're talking Schwarzenegger, uh, Stallone, kind of Bruce Willis. But all they do is shoot guns. Yeah. What's the point of all the muscles if all you're <laughs> going to do is shoot people? I, I, I'm confounded. I'm confounded in this. But um, it's pretty that, cool. That was the, cool. the image, right? That was absolutely. Just big yeah, muscular dudes. and Big muscular dudes with gigantic guns and then blonde bimbo chicks with fake boobs. Like that was the 80s. Impossible um, headbands and stuff. <laughs> headbands playing in the background. That's yeah. <laughs> but um, there we go. <laughs> yes, sir. That's my very simple deduction of 1980s America. <laughs> um, there we go. Good list, Shawnee. This was fun. Um, yeah, revisiting the 80s a little bit here. Do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, lovely, imaginary audience this week? Uh, I actually got two things this week. Oh, um, please. The Okay, the first thing, uh, I'm sure you've seen this news, uh, Bethesda Games is developing a Indiana Jones game. I got. Um, well, I, I saw that news this morning, and I got very comfortable. Yeah, I mean, Bethesda, yeah. the, you know, these guys are, uh, and I think it's actually, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. I think it's, it's Todd Howard, I think his name is. He is the, sure. let's see. Yeah, he is the, uh, like the original like co-creator he kind of spawned pretty much like the skyrim universe and fallout universe so it's todd howard and bethesda games and the uh the gaming company i'm trying to remember what it was called they did um oh, i'm sorry i wasn't prepared enough for this but i'm just trying to remember which game it's not it's under bethesda games the uh they did um Machine Games. There it is. Machine Games. Uh, which they did... Uh, what was the Machine Games? It was a, the shooter game. I didn't I didn't play it, unfortunately. But uh, Borderlands? Wolf's, uh, Wolf's, Wolfstein? Wolfstein? Oh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. So Machine Games... So Bethesda, Machine Games is under, Bethe uh, under Bethesda. Uh, so these That's guys are going to be developing the next Indiana Jones game. Um, fantastic. Yeah, I'm kind of stoked. I, you probably have more to say about this. Uh, you have played previous Indiana Jones games too. I played a right? couple, yeah. Um, so there was well, the yeah. Super Nintendo one, which is great, so great. Um, maybe the only video game my dad ever played with us was the Indiana Jones game. Um, and there was a few for made for the N64. There was one called like Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine or something like that. Um, okay. They weren't very fun. They were very difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to like just go back and play through them and see. I, I'm fascinated by old games and kind of going back and being like, wow, you know, um, this was cutting edge at one point. Because, um, yeah, LucasArts, I mean, they're no slouch, you know. Um, oh yeah, they're gonna definitely put together probably something. a really cool game. Yeah, um, and for its time, I'm sure it was pretty good. But um, but I was too young when it came out to like be good at it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm very 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 excited for this game. I my buddy texted it to me this morning, and I'm I'm just a I'm indie over Star Wars all the way. Um, I pretend that the kingdom doesn't exist and it's a perfect trilogy in my mind um even with all the problematic shit in temple of doom um yeah i'm very excited i'm very yeah very excited. I, and it's i feel like it's too early to say what this game's gonna be but we'll definitely check back in when we get more more news on it because yeah we don't even know if it's gonna be like a third person game. i'm sure it probably would be a third person game yeah, there was just that that like they released a little video. It's like just a camera going over a desk. Oh, and you see the typewriter okay. with machine games carved into like where it would say Corona. Oh, um, I see. And the dun, 
Oh, they put the theme in there, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to know what that's that's all about. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I mean, I I don't know if you're going to go next gen. uh, I mean, they're not available at all right now. But uh, if it was a next gen title, would you, would that be a merit to go next gen? Would that be enough? I'm guessing if they're just announcing it now, I have some time uh, to get, to get a, a system and, I, I tell you like, what to get a system on the cheap because i yeah. i'm not paying 500 for a ps5 that is this big you know and just a garish white like no 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 slim that shit down put it in black and then we'll talk yeah and and knock 200 off the price you know um that's when I'll, I'll throw down for ps5 but yes the thought of an indiana jones game is very tempting yeah, like um, next gen, because the the whole thing is like with next gen, it's like the ray tracing, which is like the lighting system. So like mm-hmm. lighting just looks in, just incredible, and in like some of these games yeah. that are coming out. Um, and I'm sure the sure detail that they can get with some of these, like, because I would think you would probably like you'd probably be exploring some cool places, and you know maybe doing some some you know some adventuring as they say. So um, absolutely. And I don't know who, I mean, what, what time is it based? You know, are we fighting Nazis? Are we going to be like doing shit like that? I hope like, so. That'd fucking, be tight. I'd be so That'd be that. so fucking. Yeah. I think we need that as a nation right now. We need to be able to play as Indiana Jones killing Nazis. Killing like, Nazis. I think that would just be very therapeutic. Um, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my second thing. Uh, yes. I'm going to share was a TV show I watched, um, but to preface it, uh, got recommended the show Cobra Kai. I don't know if you've heard of Cobra Kai. You talked about it last week, I think. I yeah. So I'm going to highly, highly recommend. So I watched the you know original before I, I said before I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to rewatch the Karate Kid series, and you know because it's just been forever since I've seen them, and uh, surprisingly, I thoroughly enjoyed the like. You know, the third one wasn't as good, but, like, the first two were actually, like, really fucking good. Like, they weren't that bad. Yeah. And there's some pretty, like, good lessons to learn from Mr. Miyagi in the in the series. So uh, so I went into Cobra Kai, uh, like, hot off those movies, and it totally paid off. Um, I, I got to say, I highly recommend the show. Um, it's – I'm trying to remember who said this to me, but it's like if – if Star Wars, like this is where I wish Star Wars, I mean, I, I am enjoying the Mandalorian, but if the Star Wars franchise took a book from like, took a page from what Cobra Kai is doing to their franchise, I would say. And they're kind of, you know, the, I guess the, the Karate Kid movies and how they built off that. Um, yeah. It's just like. And I know it's it's got teen drama stuff in it. It's got you know teenagers. yeah. I mean that's it's a got stuff whole like that. different animal. Like we could we could have a very long discussion of why it could never be like that because it's Disney. Yeah, it's, like this show premiered well, on YouTube. It's different. Well, that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's different. It's different. But I think yeah. the the attention to detail. It, it's not like fan service. I mean, there is fan service for sure. But like, it's integrated right. so well into the story that it's fan service plus there's a meaning to this thing that's happening and i think that's why i enjoyed the show so much is it it's got teen drama stuff but like you know it's got really good obviously karate like the kids they got to do this actually like trained in karate apparently um and then of course the two the two returning main characters from the series johnny from cobra kai and daniel uh larusso uh from uh from the original Karate Kid series and they're kind of uh, them kind of meeting each other later on in their lives and still having kind of a, a built up pent up feeling for each rivalry for each other. And I got to say, they, they just do so well, especially for Johnny's character, which, you know, he only had so much bullying time, I would say in the movies, um, especially the, you know, the first one. Right. So they just build so much off of like, okay, this is this person's character as an adult now, as an older adult, um, you know, how has this affected his life? You know, they flip the page a little bit where, you know, uh, you know, uh, Daniel is, is kind of saying that, uh, 
that he was the bully, but you know, Johnny's like, no, da- Daniel's the one who bullied me. He's the guy who got, you know, who took my girl and did this. You know, it's just like all these like. Uh, it's it just sounds really... like Trump. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I I thought I would never like it, and when I saw it, when I remember when I saw it premiere on YouTube, uh, and I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm such a huge fan of Karate Kid, but I gotta say I, I'm a total fan now. Um, and it just I don't know. I, I just really like it. It's it's. It's a good watch, and they're twenty minute episodes. Is like Mandalorian, you know. It's just like that's I nice. It's a that good pace, nice. you know. I feel like they're not overstretching what they're trying to say in the episode. I would say um, how how many episodes a season? It's about ten, I think, per season. Okay. Uh, I was able to watch all three seasons because there's a third one that just released recently. Um, this this last weekend or this weekend that passed. Nice. Um, and I've been, you know. I've been doing shows lately, we like kind of a more in you know a few episodes here and there. But sure. and I, you know, I got my opinions about binging these days. But I literally binged the show because it just was so. I was just so entranced by the story and the characters and how they were kind of going about uh, treating this kind of now Karate Kid universe. I would say um, it's cool. That is, it's, I all right. It's it's great. Yeah. And and you know what? Even though uh, the actor uh, who played Mr. Miyagi uh, passed away, they do such a great job to keep his essence in the show. Um, That's cool. I I respect that. That that's a huge huge thing. Um, and I think that was also I think why I liked it so much too. It's just like they they did. It wasn't like. You know, oh, Mr. Miyagi, this and Mr. Miyagi, and yeah, there's some moments where Daniel's just like, oh yeah, I remember that time, you know, when I was doing this. But like, there's just so many things that Mr. Miyagi instilled in Daniel, the main character, as a kid, um, and now as an adult, you know, he's he's going through all adult stuff, right? But like, he's still finding ways to channel the teachings that he got from Mr. Miyagi and some of the life lessons he got from him in his own life oh, yeah. as a, as a, you know, married man with kids and stuff. So, you know, it, it, it has such a, it just translates so well. So I don't know. I can't say, I can't say enough about this show. Um, I thought I was not going to like it at all because I'm not really into teen dramas these days, but um, no, were you, were you into teen dramas back in the day? I mean, yeah, I guess like, no, I mean, no, no not kidding. really. <laughs> no. Um, well, that's cool. Right on. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, Joy, what do you have yeah. to share this week? I have nothing. I have this is like the first I'm week. Surprised. I've, like, I've I got nothing. I haven't, you know, I've been watching the news and kind of exhausted and that's about it. Um We've been watching Party Down. Oh dude, because we needed a laugh. So I'm, you know, most people don't know about the show. I'm going to I'm going to I'll put it out there again. Watch Party Down. It's on Stars. You can get it elsewhere, but it's only it's two seasons, 20 episodes. And like you said, it's 20 minutes an episode. I think some of the most well-written TV ever. Um, and it's fucking hilarious. So those first few episodes of that first season are just like, they totally hook you in with them. Like it's just so. They're, it's one of the best pilots ever. In my screenwriting class, we watched the the pilot. And I was so stoked. Cause I was like, I know this show. I've been watching this show. Um, but yeah, yeah. Party down for sure. Party down. Heck yeah, dude. Actually, last question I was going to ask you about your background. What is the image yeah. we're seeing? What do you think it is? I'm looking at it. it's. Is it a? Is it Batman? Is it a Batman panel? Not I can kind of see it. From the animated series, this is. Oh, the, it's uh, the Batcave. It's the Batman. Oh, sh- yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, from the animated series. I saw like DC in the corner. I was like, it's got to be something Batman. But yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, cool, love dude. it. That dark deco. Yeah, it's just been easier, you know, like um, at work on Zoom meetings and stuff. Like, I'm just gonna throw this. <laughs> you know, let this speak for cave. myself. Yeah, absolutely. But this was good, man. This was these were good lists. I enjoyed your list. I enjoyed everything about this. Can yeah, we do it yeah. again next week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm. I'm. I'm in. I'll invite you over. I've been mean, only doing it for like 209 weeks. This is great. <laughs> 210 next week, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're creeping up. So two, I'm sure Something. we'll hit 300 in 2021. I'm sure. So will uh, we? Will I we? Know. I don't know. Will we? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have how to many fi- weeks figure that out. 